Today's Braze Bits is sponsored by Miles Fortune Tellers. Do you like the actor Miles Teller? Will you be in the future in the future? Well, then you'll love Miles Fortune Tellers. Stop staying adrift in the spectacular now and avoid that awkward moment of whiplash while we thank you for your service because the only brave and divergent war dogs bleed for this Project X. And by Project X, we mean this fantastic fortune teller company that will have you dancing more footloose than an insurgent Top Gun Maverick going down a two-night stand rabbit hole. Miles, fortune tellers, 21 and over. We got some breeze bits. We got some breeze bits. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for breeze bits. Mmm, bits. Fantastic ad. The first, when I first heard that we were sponsored by Miles Fortune Teller, my neck gave me like a whiplash. Thanks think, for supporting the pod. I think they mentioned that in the ad. They did. X marks the spot. Project X. JK. Simmons. Exactly. Bill Simmons. We're already, Welcome to Braze Bits. We're cooking hot. We're already cooking hot. We're cooking hot because we got to go out with a bang. We're recording this in 2020, but when you listen to this, it will be... 2022. We're skipping a year. We're skipping a year. <laughs> leap year. I'm bowing numbers. I can't believe it. 2021. We're entering a new year as in the Braze pot kitchen I, I we've talked about this and you definitely are one of those people the i can't believe it's this i can't time. believe it ripley's believe it or not time does not make any sense to me time is new it's like 300 years old 400 years old maybe used to just be the maybe, sun maybe that's, that's why, why i can't wrap my head around it that's why we're all freaked out all the time because it's unnatural yeah i'm not it doesn't feel natural i feel like it should be like late summer still like feels like it should be like wrapping up end of August, and like we're we're heading into the fall. Just go down to Australia. Down under. It's the end of July yet. I always That's feel like a hack. Want it is. It's the summer. Whenever there would be an Australian tourist in a stand-up show, and they'd be like, "I'm from Australia," I would always make a down under joke, and it would just be the. I just couldn't stop myself. It's just too easy. I always too- say. I I always just ask them. If anyone in Australia has a job, because all you do is travel. That's a good point, too. They're always traveling. And they're like, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Australian laugh. You on holiday? <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, mate. Yeah, it's a little more... Uh, it's a little more... There's more stuff than Crocodile Dundee. Oh, faceted. <laughs> I just revert back to my Scottish. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that guy is that guy's the best. It's my go-to. It's my favorite. It's my go-to. Well, I also wanted to give a shout out before we get into too much cooking, too much meal prep. Today, this, when this episode comes out, New Year's Day is my is the Pod Father, the Pod Padre himself. It's his birthday. He's a New Year's baby. Wow! Happy birthday, Pod Father. That's that's an amazing birthday. It's a great birthday. Everyone's celebrating his birthday at midnight. That's what I say. Forty-five years young. He's turning 29, actually. 29. 29. Wow. Yeah. I'm a young guy. He's even younger. Yeah, so you're 30 and he's 20. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm bad with numbers. You ever watch the show Numbers on CBS in like 2003? No. Does not ring a, a number in my head. It was, it was on commercials. You'd watch like the Jets and then they'd be like, Numbers on CBS. Now, back to... Chad Pennington. I watched 24. That was a number. 24 was great. I almost had 24 on my top nine TV shows. Great show. It's great, great show. 
great show. I think Twenty Four started binge watching. It wasn't it wasn't a binge watch show, but the way oh, it's yeah. constructed, it would be way better if it was a binge watch show. Absolutely, I actually I feel like everyone I knew was watching it at the time. Yeah, I kind of been binge watching because I started watching it when it was like it was like season five or six, and I watched old ones, and I think we bought the DVDs because that's how you had to binge watch it. At, at I, I think I had the DVDs also. It was fantastic. The 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 ticking, the 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 commercials made your heartbeat. Every episode was like a movie. DV Duchovny. Nice. It's solid. We're we're real hot. We're real I, hot. I got some meal prep. We got a loaded episode. We got a lot of different things. New Year's Day. You might be hungover from going out to the club. I'm not. But well, you might. Razorbacks might. What would you usually do on a, a normal New Year's Eve? The past few years haven't done much. The most fun New Year's Eves I've had is with uh, Phil Jackson going to see a fish concert. I've gone to, I think, three or four New Year's Eve fish concerts at Madison Square Garden. You did that um, last year, right? I remember when we did the pod. I feel I like believe, that's what you said you did. I think I went on the 30th, uh, the 30th like the God. day before. So that was kind of like my New Year's Eve celebration. But that was always the best. I did a couple times, like a few years after college, going to a club or a bar, but it was that was terrible. It was awful. Yeah. What would you do? I the past few years I've done stand up, but I've avoided the la- last show. <laughs> I've avoided the part when it's midnight. So I've done I like an imagine. eight o'clock or a ten, or like an eight o'clock show, and then go home. Last year I think I didn't do anything. I think la- last year Kate and I just like cooked dinner, and we're like, oh, it's nice being home. We're never home. Yeah. This year we'll definitely never be home every day. <laughs> exactly. I can't imagine doing those stand up shows where like. Especially being a host for a midnight show when They're, you have to do the countdown. Honestly, they the ones I did, I think three years I'd done the lantern, and they weren't ever good because it was people like you know when people are at their thing, and they're like, "This is the thing I planned," and it was yes. like a lower cost thing, so it wasn't like that exciting. People getting uh, people are too hyped up. People are too schlossed. Yeah, a lot of people. It wasn't like uh, some people made reservations, some people didn't. So it just it never was that great. I didn't think, and it always kind of. I, I always was like, unless I'm getting paid a lot. I think last year I said I was like, unless I'm getting paid like a lot of money, I don't really. Or it's like a good opportunity that I wouldn't normally get. I, I don't want to do stand up on New Year's Eve. Yeah, the older I've gotten, the more I've. The less I've done on New Year's Eve. Yeah. It's my dad's birthday. New Year's Day. Yeah, you got to celebrate. Bingo. Bongo. What, what, what other meal prep you got? So, Eric Seidel wanted me to show his cards about his Uncut Gems review. Last episode, <sighs> I said that I didn't want to reveal it because I didn't want to make our friendship solely about the pod. I called it. I knew Seidel. I knew Seidel. I was about to call him Seinfeld. I knew Seidel. He wants every detail revealed, except for his name. Speaking of Seinfeld, it's interesting. My French teacher had never heard of Seinfeld or Jerry Seinfeld. Your French teacher, the, your tutor recently, the one who's teaching you. Yeah, French? today, this morning, I was like, I was like, kind of like Seinfeld, and he's huh. like, "What's Seinfeld?" Is he young? Yeah, a little younger than us. Your dad's age. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think my dad knows Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fascinating. It's not like he doesn't, he's he's not someone who like lives under, it's just, it's probably, interesting, it is a very yeah. specific type of humor and probably really doesn't translate. I mean, I think the, the subject matter does, but probably yeah. the, like Friends is the popular show. Everyone knows Friends. It's trash. Yeah, everyone loves that Rachel at three yeah. Gs. Yeah. That's, that's, 
That's way Patreon too inside. That's only. a Patreon inside. inside Speaking there. of uh, our podcast, you should subscribe to it. You should listen to it. If you're not listening to it right now, you should try to. If you're listening to this, good job. If you're not listening to it, get on it. Yeah. Leave us uh, a review. Uh, thanks. There are some people who did leave reviews after I posted on Instagram. To... That was a funny uh, funny meme. I like that. Yeah. It's a... What was that picture from? I just looked up. I wanted to do the food critic from Chef. Mm-hmm. But it was like not there wasn't really a good picture, and then I realized like a lot of people probably wouldn't know who that is. So it's the I never seen Ratatouille, but it's the I guess the food critic from Ratatouille. It's a great face. I've, I've always wanted to see Ratatouille. Never Same. seen it. Same. I've always wanted to see it, and I'm like I can't. We should, I can't do it. Should we do a we group watch? Do yeah, what, we should watch one week and then next week talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just it is I just dinged myself with my yeah. my podcast bat. Anyway, Eric Seidel said that he stopped watching Uncut Gems like an hour in, and it got him so anxious that he uh, went in a different room and turned off the lights and listened to classical music. Wow, wow! I mean, that's what they're. That's that's funny. That's what the Zach brothers were going for. They're trying to give you an anxiety attack, and it worked out in Seidel. I guess he he doesn't have the greed of a poker face. I guess he can't really hold his cards. He's when showing it comes his down cards right now, but. You know it might be for some reason. I actually was reading this book. It's called Smarter, Faster, Better, Stronger, Kanye West. Uh, yeah. It's like it's it's by this guy Charles Duhigg, who's like a like it's like a Charles life Dickens. Hack. <laughs> yeah, Charles Dickens. It's like a life hack, self help type thing, like how to be more productive. And it's a bunch of different stories, and one of them is about Annie Duke, who's a, like a pretty well known poker player. Oh yeah, yeah, I know yeah. Who she is. And it was just really interesting kind of talking about the process of being a professional poker player, what differentiates professionals from from non-professionals. And it made me think of Said Ellen. In one case, she actually showed one of her cards to throw off Phil Hellmuth. In like That's a, a great move. Game. That's such a power move. Yeah. It's so cocky doing that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Another, another meal prep I wanted to, to throw out was... I don't know if you just saw on Instagram, Mr. October just sent this picture to us, uh, huh? like literally like an hour ago. But the golfer we were talking about who golfs in Greenwich Village, last yeah. episode, yes, uh, has an Instagram and I guess uh, Tiger Hood is what he goes by. That's his name, Tiger yeah. Hood. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, Mr. October found him, or he was already following him. I don't know if he, he just sent it over, so I I get the sense that he probably was following him. That guy's a character. Yeah, that guy's a character. He's legendary. He he calls for like celebrities. He he whacks balls on Manette Street. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, just like kind of uh, grazed the Instagram a few minutes before, and it, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool thing, and it's it is one of those things where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That exists in the virtual world too. I always knew it as just a real world thing. True. I wonder if he's the one who created that. I guess it's it's, it's his own account. It seems like it, yeah, but maybe there was someone that, that was like, you should do this. Who knows? You made it for know? him. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a very uh, crafty guy. I know he yeah. makes those milk cartons. He makes the Yeah, like, the I'm sure I'm sure it's all, uh, yeah, reading the captions, I mean, it's clearly him. It's not like it's someone else doing it. Yeah. Awesome. Tiger Hood, check him out. Yeah. Guy's got a swing for days. Not sure what that means. He's got a swing. People say that, and they're like, this guy, this guy's got a... This guy could cook for days, and it's like I mean I guess, but he's got a, he's got at least one good swing in him. I'm not sure about days. He, maybe like he's got a good swing for ten seconds, not even ten seconds. A swing's a two seconds. Yeah, if you have I'm a, not, if you have a swing for days, then it's a terrible swing. 
it'll be a, it'll be a super slow mo swing. Probably hurt yourself. You get disqualified. Yeah, you get you thrown off that. the course. The the starter would say, "All right, this you got to move it." And then that's the be best like, thing about Tiger Hood. He's not going to any course. He's playing in, on the streets, Tiger Hood that's, style. That's true. Good stuff. So, thank you, uh, Mr. October. Send us stuff to our Instagram. Love that. Need yeah. It. Leave a review. Subscribe to our Patreon. Like like us in real life. Please. Please. Also, we last episode, we asked if anyone wanted to submit a recording or a song for the Braze Bits Close. Mm-hmm. Kate auditioned. <laughs> Sweet. I don't think she was serious. Did she audition live audition in front of you or did she submit a tape? <laughs> she live auditioned in front of me. How, what was did you give her a Simon Cowell reaction? What was it what was how did it go? I said that's not too bad. <laughs> I think we could use it. I'd love to use it. That's gonna be a yes from me, dog. I'll be I'll play the Reggie Jackson. <laughs> what was Paul, I could also what be Paul a Paul Abdul. I remember what she said. Did she have a go to line, like Paul Abdul? Did. She was just I had like a bubbly personality. She was like the light one. Yeah, and then Simon Cowell was like, that was awful. Yeah. Another one of those shows I feel like Simon everyone Cowell, was watching at the same time. Simon Cowell loved the V-neck. Deep V. He was oh, yeah. a deep V. Real deep V. I remember one time someone bought me a V-neck, and I was like, I can't wear this. I used to ha- I used to be like that, but I like in college I didn't get V-necks, but now I'm a, I'm a big fan of a black V-neck. Yeah. I could only do it if I'm with a bunch of other people and I could get in a flying V-neck. Yeah, if you're going down, if you're flying down to Florida for the winter with a bunch of birds, you can do that. Or if you're in V-neck, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I grew up right, right by there. Yeah, a lot of good V's. Yeah, yeah, I don't like a, a deep V, like a, some like a guy who's almost trying to show cleavage, like his chest cleavage. No one wants that. But a, a V shows a little bit of casualness, but at the same time, it's classy. It also shows you might be in Israel. Fine, uh, I, I don't. What does that mean? I just feel like there's a lot of V-necks in Israel. I thought that was some kind of a Jew reference. It was like no. Zionist Netanyahu. No, 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 no. It's just that. <laughs> I mean, at least American Israel Israelis in America yeah. wear a lot of V-necks. So I don't know sure. if, it, if it's in Israel, but it's in America for sure. Any Israeli Brazerbacks, let us know. Romaine. Romaine. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? A bunch of stuff. Podcasts. Talking, we we're talking on our podcast, Brace Bits. Oh, we're doing the podcast. Yeah, you turned on the recording. That's crazy. I'm not. I don't. I wasn't ready to go yet. All right. Do you want to bring in the closer? Bits, 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 bits. Yeah. Bits. Bits. Wow, we're in rhythm. What a <laughs> what a stew we're cooking up this week. Should we keep cooking with the highlights? Whoa. You're trying to rush through this? Yeah. I was waiting for you to go there. I, I did not want to be <laughs> I the one tell. to bring up. I could tell. I was like, I Jesse's, did not. Play, Jesse's playing some game here. We're at almost 20 I'm minutes. I'm not trying to rush through. You're, you're Jesse, the one jumping Jesse, the gun now. Jesse's want, he wants to record an episode for days. I'm ready to go into 2022 with this episode. You want to rush through? All right. I was I was just riffing off anything. No, I'm, I'm down. Let's get into some highlights. You got, an, you got a good one? Yeah, you I do got a, got a good one. So I have been doing some reorganizing, and this is it's giving me some great joy, the art of, of tidying up. Love that. Uh, 
I yesterday, so we got my father in law got us like a nice set of dishes nice. for the holidays, and they're really nice. The only thing was that our like cupboard, you know, it's a tiny cupboard mm-hmm. in Brooklyn stand up comedy venue, and, and um, basically the addition of these dishes made it so that we had to either throw stuff out or reorganize the entire thing so they fit. Right. So I went on a like a crazy adventure yesterday and it took me like a few hours and I reorganized everything and I think it looks good. That's fantastic. Then it gives you a whole new vibe. Whole new vibe. It feels like we're in a we're in our apartment but we're in a new apartment. It's new beginnings, new year, new new cupboard and new Greenwich. New what? Newt Gingrich. <laughs> Newt Scamander. He's an author in Harry Potter. So he's like a Fic- fictional fiction author. Or nonfiction. I think he writes nonfiction. He's a character in the Harry Potter series? Yeah, he wrote <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And then uh, I also just literally before this episode, I reorganized my closet and... What's your what's your process with socks? Of where I store them, how I take you, care of them. Do you fold them and, and bunch them in twos, or you just go loose? It's a, it's a mix of both. I prefer to fold them and roll them up. I usually roll them up. I'll put put them together and then roll them up into a ball. Yeah, that's my pr- preferable sock option. But I'm losing socks left and right. So I have a whole pile of loosies, and then I got a bunch of combined together. Yeah. I went to the sock hop and there's a bunch of Lucy's. Just a bunch of single socks looking to get down. A lot of them had holes in it, you know, no protection. It wasn't it was a little right. risque. But yeah, I mean in a perfect world I want to fold, you know, or roll up my socks, but basically what happens is I do it once and then that's it. Yeah. Also, I've had the same socks for a while now and like half of them are like barely wearable. Ripped They've apart. Got, you know, it's Shia LaBeouf holes everywhere. Sure. Second episode in a row with holes reference. A lot of holes. A lot of holes. So I went through and I I matched all the pairs. I went on match.com. They're all happy to find someone. They said you, you I found think, you found every sock found a match? No, so I threw out a bunch. Right. But every it always sock makes me mad. How's that how's that happen? I mean it's a hack bit, but like where where do these socks go? What are they doing? What are they Used to be thirty years ago. You had a sock. The sock had another sock. You wear the sock. You put the sock in the laundry. You fold the sock. There used to be a sock exchange. Paying dividends. New York Sock Exchange. Jack Sock. I think he's a tennis player. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna sock you in the face. Rock him. Sock him. Jock him. I always liked listening to that CD, Sock Jams. Yeah. I would pump up the socks. Yeah. Party so you guys socks in organized. the house tonight. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I got rid of all the socks that weren't making the team, and every sock now has a has a pair. I even realized one was missing. One one was by itself, and I was like, "How is this sock by itself?" And then I looked at my feet, and I realized I was wearing its <laughs> partner. That's amazing. Yeah, so I took off the other one that was a lone wolf. That's a great feeling. That's a great organizing those kind of things and tidying up. It's like the idea of it is overwhelming. Like looking at a closet or a, a big sh- like cupboard, 
He's like, oh, I got to take care of that. But once you're done, it's 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 a life changer. Yeah, I mean, it's an adult version of a good time. It really is. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm jellyfish. Sorry, if I, there's I, a lot of sirens in the background. There's a COVID going around. I can't hear anything. Okay. I missed the millionaire. I wish it was the millionaire screaming. Could be. I'm inspired to tidy up. I'm inspired to uh, to reorganize. That was my highlight. My highlight is pretty exciting. It was, I mean, might be the highlight of my year. Definitely the highlight of my week. I went to get my oil changed today. I've got a QAB later about that whole process. But uh, I drove out to Long Island City, about 10 minutes away from Astoria. Came back after the oil change. Found a parking spot right in front of my apartment. Right smack dab in front of my door. I mean... It doesn't get any better than that. It's literally like I had a valet service. I pulled up door-to-door service, didn't have to do a loop around, uh, didn't have to parallel. It was a, it was a, a, I pulled in frontward first, which is also a rarity. It was just, it, it set me up for a great day, it set me up for great braised bits. I was on cloud nine afterwards, it felt accomplished. It's just, it's unbelievable. I can look outside my window, my car's right there. I could, I could, I could, I could yell at my car. I could, t- I could check it out. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. This result with your oil, it calls for a celebration. I think we've got to call up a moil. <laughs> yeah, give me a snip. Someone chop off my schlong. I, I am excited to start a new life with my car in this great spot. The only, th- the only thing I would like celebrate, and then like half an hour later, I would just be dreading the moment I had to move it. Exactly. That, that is the next moment of like. Like, I, I, I want to go use it and not, I wish I had like a big orange cone and I was that guy who just put a spot, put, put it there in the spot, but can't do that. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you give a press conference after you win the Super Bowl and it's like, we're going to, we're going to take this time to celebrate, but you know, soon we got to get back to work. Right. It's just a matter of time. I think Brett Raybould shared this. He lived, I don't know what he's, anyway, he lived or lives currently in crown heights near a mm-hmm. synagogue and the synagogue has like he showed this to me i don't know if he's posted it but i know he's also physically showed it to me um a cone and then a sign like don't even think about parking here <laughs> and clearly it's not like it's not their parking spot it's just that they've decided to, yeah. to do that so maybe maybe you should do that I, th- I thought about that because people, my friends in Boston, like in the suburbs out of, outside of Boston, people do that, especially in the snow, t- in, the, in the winter when it's snowing, people will put a chair or a cone in, in parking spots on, on the street. And people, and since everyone does it, I guess it, people get away with it because it's like, it's a rite of passage. Or If everyone's doing it, then it's fine. But no one, no one in my neighborhood in the story, I've never seen it in New York. Yeah, you'd be the cone, the lone cone ranger. Yeah, I'd be a cone head. For sure. I mean, that's yeah. a good. That's a good highlight. Wrapping up 2020. Absolutely, on a great note. Yeah. You can't beat it. You can't, I, I sure can't. You can't beat it. But speaking of 2020, it was it was a year, right? There were some some highs and some lows. It certainly happened. The year certainly happened. A lot of uh, a lot of things to watch. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. A lot of things to watch. A lot of things to a lot of a lot of time you didn't know existed before, to do things with, to consume things. 
did was there anything that you watched or or read or listened to that you particularly liked lance i got i don't know why i did this but I, for some reason I, I listed out my top nine pieces of content from 2020 my favorite top nine wow you did so did i <laughs> no way should we should we talk about it? I think we should. I think we should do our top nine favorite things we consumed in twenty twenty. I I love it. Great idea. Spontaneous. Typically, typically we write out our list beforehand, but I'm down to go for it. I, I just thought of a great idea. Why don't one of us does three, then the other one does three, then the other does three, then the other one does three. We'll call it the the Jesse special. I thought it was the Wack Goldberg special. I don't know what you're talking about. Talking about Wack. You're being wack. I'm going to whack you over the head. Fair enough. I'll go first. Please I'll do. Off. So my number nine is something we've talked about on the pod before. Actually, we had the person, the creator of this on the podcast this year. It is the YouTube show Hungry Wit. Wow. Nick Whitmer's cooking show. Just, just a pleasant, he released most of the episodes. He's actually put out some new episodes recently, but he, he released kind of the beginning episodes in like April, May, when quarantine was in full swing and people were like, okay, I'm going to take this time to learn how to cook. And he helped me guide me through that journey. I mean, I think my the thing I've done the best at in quarantine is I've become a pizza chef to the point where the other day I walked by Williamsburg Pizza, which is I think one of the best pizza places in the city i walked by and i was like you know i don't even want this i think the pizza i make is better and is that a humble brag no it's a brag it's a brag brag ford brag ian brag brag bogwell jeff bragwell that's what it is wade brags (laughs) wow uh yeah so anyway it's it's a uh i think it's it's a good it's a great watch it's like not pretentious but it's knowledgeable and it's a great use of the cooking show form 100 percent agree yeah i'm a big fan i've watched all of them the most recent one i believe he made a ceviche which i love ceviche and uh it's he made it just less intimidating like seeing him seeing him make it step by step ceviche in my head beforehand was very intimidating to even attempt but he made it seem like it's very accessible it's a revolutionary food ceviche guevara there it is and yeah that's exactly what he does he takes these things like you think you can't make good pizza you can't make good gyros can't make good ceviche and he kind of breaks it down but isn't pretentious at all about it yeah it's like i'm doing this and i'm doing this really well but you could also do this just follow this right he's got a great instagram as well he posts a lot of the meals he cooks just for himself or his girlfriend slash wife or or partner uh What? My wife. He got married actually the same day as me. Really? Yeah. Was not invited to that one either. No. Nope. But great cook. He's a great cook. Yeah. Captain Cook. Nice. So that was my number nine. My number eight is my only sports one on on my top nine, but it is the it was the hockey playoffs. And I say that because the Islanders made it to the conference finals, which is the best they've done in my lifetime. And it was really cool to watch. This was like August, September. And it was just like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever think about the quarantine in like little different stages. 
I'm sure we all do because all we do is have time to think about the quarantine. <laughs> and it was like it was something that in the first few months it didn't like I didn't realize how thankful I was for it. And you've talked about this with we talked about this with the NBA and with just sports in general. Like in the beginning when there was no sports, we didn't realize how great sports were. And watching like one of your teams go on like a legitimately good run. Kate got into it. It was like cool to watch it with Kate. It was great. And it was definitely like a bright spot of the quarantine in general. Yeah, that's a great one. I'm very jealous that you had a team that made, made a run. I feel like I haven't had a, a team that I rooted for made a run since the 40s. What about the but Jets? What about the Jets? Well, I'm going to gaze through my crystal ball right now and look for a new coach. I, that's definitely coming. That's definitely coming around the pipe. Did you didn't see? I, they they fired him. I don't think that was. I assume he's going to get fired, but I, I didn't think that was a real. That was Craig Carden trying to get ratings. I think it's real. Is it? Yep. Who who's the source? Uh, I don't know. I saw it on the internet. I I'm I'm happy about it. But I, I, I didn't I watched a couple random moments of the Islanders run, but I was definitely rooting for them just just to have like a New York team be in it. And when I was on Long Island during the summertime, it was cool to see people excited about it. There was like planes with uh, Islander banners flying around the island. It was great. Are you saying that me seeing Adam Gaze's fighter on the internet isn't a good enough source? Yes, thousand um, percent. I think you got got. I think it was a great uh, promotional tool for Craig Carton, who's a radio guy, because he knows he's going to get fired next week, and he's, it hasn't happened yet, so he's just going to be like, no, he's getting fired, and I, I'm calling it, because I'm a radio guy. Do you think when Adam Gaze gets fired, he's going to use a certain direction app to find his way home? Google Maps? Or Waze? Waze. <laughs> Adam Waze? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's definitely hitting a lot of traffic. Well, he's hitting a lot of blockage in in his uh, his coaching career. He needs a lot of direction. He's also got some really weird googly eyes that creeped me out from his first press conference and really set the tone for a great tenure as coach. Wait, great? You you mean bad, right? Yes. The sarcasm. Super bad, Joan Hill. My number seven is a show that I've talked about called Midnight Diner that I would highly recommend people watch. It's a Japanese show on netflix and each episode is just this guy who owns this diner that's open from 12 to 7 it's like a rotating cast of characters each episode focuses on one of them and they're like you know basically their life story and their their trauma and it centers around the dish the dish that they this per the person orders always has some sort of focal point in the in the episode and at the end they teach you how to make the dish Love that. It's very cool, and I actually I started watching more of this like recently, and it inspired me to like very very lightly start uh, trying to learn Japanese. No way. Yeah, that'd be very impressive. So I I learned the sounds of like I mean it's crazy. There's like three different not even di- like symbol things you have to know, but I the easiest one it's kind of like Hebrew, where you know there's different characters and you have to yeah. know the sounds. So I just finished learning like the main ones, but I barely know them, and that has not it, like it's it's nothing. I mean, it's it's like the stage zero of a thousand, but it's something, and it's cool. I'm pretty sure we have a couple Razorbacks from Japan, right? We do, but they've been really outnumbered by our Indian listenership. Our right. our our foreign audi- audience, in India, is like huge. 
Japan used to be huge, but India, shout out to our Indian listeners. They really yeah. surpassed Japan. Yeah. I've, I've, I like enjoyed Midnight Diner. I haven't finished the whole series. There's two different ones, right? There's like a yeah dramatic version. Well, so there's like, I guess, whatever network made it initially, and then Netflix started making episodes. And I watched a few. Of the, I think the Netflix ones are a little worse. They're just a little more polished. And yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's it's a, it doesn't need that Netflix polish, right? Pierogies are are Polish. That that's a good transition. <laughs> that's a goodie. My that was your number seven. My number nine is a musical. Something I consume with my ears, and also my body, uh, and my eyes. When I looked at my body, what about I your nose? It. It went in through my nose as well, as well. I smelled the music. It was the my favorite album of the year, Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Uh, fantastic. It's a great listen just for the beats and the music. and uh, it's, it's great workout music. Uh, gets you pumped up. But it's also got a lot of, like, once they start listening to the lyrics, it's very political. talks about, like, the... Uh, systemic issues going on in our country racist policing um it's got great just commentary but also the music is fire which i really enjoyed like when i first listened to it i wasn't listening to the lyrics and i loved it then when i listened to the lyrics i loved it even more my favorite song is called uh, a few words for the firing squad I'll give it a listen if you like run the jewels great raps to these two guys uh one black guy one white guy but they go back and forth Rapping flow is fantastic. Check them out. Run the jewels. Run the jewels, Vern. Nice. Uncut, uncut jewels. Yeah, that sounds good. I never really, I've never really listened to Run the Jewels. I gotta to be honest. I've heard about them, but just never got around to it. Yeah, it's solid. Very, very quality stuff. And this album, I feel like had a, is very relevant. I feel like it came out around the time of the George Floyd. Uh, protests and it was just very uh very moving and very like also like very urgent like the like like the the raps like that were angry and like just awesome i enjoyed it yeah we definitely have different music tastes we do you're listening to, you're, you're listening to machine gun kelly's rap i'm listening to his pop punk reinvention yeah you're raving about taylor swift yeah i'm raving I'm, about Baltimore. that's so Baltimore That's Ravens. so Raven, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna put down this bat so I stop hitting myself in the kneecaps. My number eight is my favorite comedy special of the year. Hannibal Burris. Hannibal, I can't talk. Hannibal Burris's Miami Nights. It's on YouTube. You can uh, find it for free. It was just I love Hannibal Burris. I think it's his best work. Uh, he it uses. He uses YouTube clips. He uses multimedia. He uses like music cues. It's really well done. Uh, he ends it with a long story about when he got arrested in Miami. I don't know if you remember. He got like arrested for being drunk. The he used like the the cop had uh, body cam footage of Hannibal Buress talk like like kind of like yelling at him and, and at one point on the body cam footage Hannibal Buress. Uh, goes yo, what's up, YouTube? This is a uh, this cop is a is a retard or this cop is a stupid fuck, and uh, he used that in this in the stand up. It was just very funny, uh, very like his his delivery is very nonchalant but very poignant, and I, I enjoyed it. 
I usually don't like watching stand up that much, but that was fantastic. You don't like watching stand up? No. Yeah, me neither, really. Well, because I, like, I like watching, I love live stand up, but. Live stand up, but that's stand up on. Yeah, that's why I've had such a problem with. Honestly, I was um, just like thinking about uh, TikTok, right? And doing all these things. It's like the thing I like about comedy is that you're in you you're creating an energy in a space, and like all this social media comedy, is you're not doing that. It's just you're putting something out into like literally a high school cafeteria where there's cool people and there's people cooler than you with the blue check marks, and you're at one table, and it's like it's not it doesn't it's the it, it, to me it's it's like emanates an energy that's opposite of the collective energy but anyway it's an aside um i i've been meaning to watch that and I, I haven't but i think youtube specials in general it's it's really interesting to see that like you literally don't need a any industry anymore like what yeah. sam morell and mark norman specials have millions of views i'm sure hannibal's does also yeah i'm not sure why if you google hannibal bears miami nights and go to like the first article there's a link to the youtube for some reason it's not listed like if you, you if you go to YouTube and type in Hannibal Burris Miami Nights, it's unlisted, but you can find it online. That's weird. It's got like a million plus views, uh, it, but he it's just he uses all of his resources like like using video, using music, like it's not just straight stand up. It was very very well executed. I uh, I followed him one time. What show? show on, at the Lantern. He just showed up. No way. He's like, hey, could I go up? That's crazy. Yeah. Do people know who he was? Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, it was one of those, everyone was like looking at each other, and then I think people were trying to take out their phones, and he was like, don't do that type thing. Yeah. Yeah. He has a funny joke where he's, in this special, he says, I'm medium famous where I'm I'm famous, not famous enough where I can convince you that it's not me if you come up to me on the street. I think he said that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. My number seven is the Trial 4 documentary on Netflix. I feel like I've talked about it on the pod. My favorite documentary of the year. It was a, it's a true crime series on Netflix about this guy, Sean Ellis, who was unjustly convicted for murdering a Boston police officer. And the documentary just talks about him being unjustly put in jail and also how corrupt and racist the Boston Police Department was in the in the 90s and 80s. It's insane. It was mind-blowing and uh, very moving just to see how, like, the lawyers around him. He he went to retrial. He went to trial four different times. Um, it was just amazing. Very moving. Well done. You got some, some like, big social issues. That you I, re- I, I realize that, yeah. Yeah. The, more, the further I, well, I guess you're, some of them are. You're watching Trial 4. I'm playing Connect 4. <laughs> This is the stuff that compels me. I can't just throw on. Uh, I, I watch plenty of cooking videos every day. Yeah. I watch a lot of dumb stuff, but this is the stuff that I feel like really, really impacted me this year. Yeah, it really makes you it makes you think. Yeah. Well, speaking of stuff that makes you think, my number six is Taylor Swift's music. <laughs> it is. There you go. I actually briefly thought about putting machine gun kelly somewhere on here because of all the times we've made fun of machine gun kelly i listened to his new album Lance which is a die is like well do you know like what it what he's doing no idea it was like produced by travis barker who uh was like his drummer of blink 182 
mm-hmm. and you know he, he was a rapper basically and then decided to like as i guess slowly over as i kind of went through it more he kind of slowly transitioned to like a pop punk type type thing i think it's really good and also during quarantine he started just like on his youtube just like putting out like a lot of interesting like what we were talking about i think a few episodes ago musicians being able to take quarantine and like actually create music and not have to worry about other stuff but anyway i thought taylor swift stuff was better because (laughs) i think it's yeah i i think i think she's um i i think the music the other stuff whatever i don't really care about the celebrity machine and all that but i think it's uh i think she's that popular because of, of the music ultimately and sure. I think that for all the stuff that surrounds her, to put out two very good albums that are almost like a re—they're her, but they're also a reinvention at the same time. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, and I love the fact that clearly she doesn't like it's—it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's anti-industry. It's not that, but it's just like I don't really. It's clearly like I don't need—I don't need the machine. Right. It's feel. It feels like it's almost how. Like, when people get breakfast sandwiches, everyone goes for bacon. But it's on the unsung hero in jerseys, Taylor Ham. That's what we've Swift. been saying. Yeah. That's what we've been saying. Yeah. So that's my number six. My number five, I briefly thought about putting this number one. Then I thought it would be obnoxious. Then I was like, I don't really know. I still like don't know what I think about it. But I talked about this when I finished this book, Infinite Jest, uh, book by this writer, David Foster Wallace, who... If you know what it is, you know it as... It's Wait, like, you finished The Infinite Jest? If you know what it is, you know it as this like kind of long, pretentious book that a lot of, like, I guess, pseudo-intellectuals will like reference and say they read it, but a lot of people, you know, people... It's it's very interesting, and it's, it's very... It's like it does stuff with writing that you can't do in a normal length and normally written novel. It's also like makes no sense in a lot of ways but i think it's like the way it touches on i mean it's a lot about addiction and then it's a lot about like societal addiction it's it's like it's it was written in i think 1995 or 1996 and basically it's before kind of the internet consumed all of us but there's a whole plot about this like entertainment device that is kind of like the internet but also like tv that basically it's so powerful that if people watch it they they can't do anything else and they die there's another subplot about just like this tennis academy and and the lengths like achievement and 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 failure and uh in some ways it's it's very well done in other ways it's a total mess and the pretension type things are, are understandable but no one else is capable of writing something like that so it's a i'd say it's a hugely impressive thing and yeah, I, I am uh, happy that I that I read it, and that I yeah. was able to finish it. It's insane. How long did it take you to finish that? Uh, I think it was like one and a half months. I, I I committed to reading at least twenty five pages every day. Wow, banana pudding. Yeah, reading it is incredible. I can't even imagine. Like, how many pages is it? Ten million? Uh, seven. Seven pages. Wow. No, yeah. it's like um. It's, it's it's like just about a thousand but then this is also an obnoxious thing about it he writes with footnotes so yeah. like you know how like bill simmons writes with footnotes like yeah. that same thing but uh um, i hate footnotes yeah 
but I actually think they're good for writing. Like when you write, when there's too many of them, if you're yeah. using them in right moments, if exactly. you're using them every page, exactly. But some of the footnotes in this are like very involved, and you actually kind of have to read them in order to know what's going. Oh my on. god! So it's like That's in that insane. way, it's like unnecessary. Yeah. But yeah. So that was my number five. My number four, another book. Actually, I read this right after I read Infinite Jest, and I talked about it in the pod Roots. I had never read it, and I had been meaning to read it. And I think it was unbelievably well done. I couldn't believe that I had never, in kind of formal school, I had never really came across it or even heard about it. And if you don't know what Roots is, I mean, I, most people know the popular miniseries, and it came out after the book was written, I think in the late 70s. But it's basically about Kunta Kinte, who uh, lives in an African village, uh, gets captured by slave traders, and it goes through like just the different generations, um, you know, of Kuntikende's child and and their children, and um, generations of slavery, and then and then freedom, and ends with Alex Haley, who's the writer of the book, and it's like he researched basically his family. If you look at it, you know, it was, I guess it was kind of billed as like as like very meticulously researched. And clearly it was in a lot of ways, but like the actual, there's like discrepancies in dates and stuff, but, mm. and like at the end he goes to the village, um, that Kunta Kinte supposedly was from. Um, and that's like kind of unconfirmed, but like that it's kind of besides the point. The point is like just about the African American historical experience, basically like personified in just like a very, very well done and very well written way. Right. Legendary book. Two, two impressive back-to-back books. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, you I, I was saying you're, you know, watching and reading all the stuff, but I was you like... You come back with a forehand. Coming back. Down with, the line. Showing my card. Didn't show my cards. Nice. You checked, I raised. Or you raised, yeah. I re-raised. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. I don't got any books. Just spoiler alert. I got no books. But I also got Taylor Swift. Yeah. And Hungry Wit. Hungry Wit is, I mean, talk about important intellectual work. thousand percent. Yeah. That was your number four? Yeah. My number six is Rick Glassman's podcast, the Take Your Shoes Off podcast, specifically his interviews with Mark Normand. I think I have one other podcast on here, but it is just, I love it so much. It's it's a mix of a thousand bits a minute, um, so silly that they put on like fake mustaches and like editing, but then they go into like deep moments and uh, very vulnerable topics of about how Rick Glassman got diagnosed with autism and now Mark Norman talks about how he thinks he might be autistic and just very. They're both very open, but it goes from being so silly to real, hilarious. They both don't take each other too seriously. I love Rick Glassman podcast overall. Check it out on, on YouTube. It's very well executed. He's got great guests. Um, but I love that one also because it combined like both of my two of my favorite comedians who I didn't know knew each other, and they uh, they got along great. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I can't. I don't know why you're promoting other podcasts. That's what I does. That's what I do's. I you're promoting books. Pe- people could be instead of reading books, they could be brazen. They could be on our Patreon. They, I don't think so. I don't think any. What if I didn't actually read the books I was talking about? Well, I don't consider it is a podcast. <laughs> I mean, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> if you're just 
what can I say? Let me say infinite jest. <laughs> let me let me put that as a sick book I read this year. But I, to you me, I, sorry, I was going to say to, to me, I, I watch Rick Lassman on YouTube, so it's more like a show to me. Like a, it's like a TV show. It's not technically it is a podcast, but I, I watch it for the visuals. Show and tell. Yeah, and they're telling a lot. Are they Miles Fortune telling? They're Penn and telling. Ooh, Sean okay. Penn. Yeah. Um, my number Cinco, my numero five. It is a, a series called The Comey Rule on Showtime. Comey Rule was based off the, the book about James Comey, uh, Truth, Lies, and Leadership, the former FBI director. Uh, Jeff Daniels plays James Comey. Um, and Brendan Gleeson, this actor I never heard of, played Trump. And it was just... I, I love political shows. My favorite show of all time, is, I think my top five is The West Wing. This was really well done. And it was the first time I've seen an actor play Donald Trump not as a joke. They like com- This guy committed to the role. And it really just put in perspective like what kind of monster he is and how horrible. Like, it, it just kind of just shifted. Like, it, 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 I feel like somehow in the last year before this came out, I kind of like normalized Trump a little bit in my mind just because he he's been pre- president for three years and just got used to it. And this series just kind of like shook me shook me a bit was like this is crazy we're living in crazy times and just this the the moment the james comey going after hillary's emails before the election was a very fascinating and compelling story and uh i enjoyed it number five comey rule yeah no trump definitely has a way of like stranding people emotionally you feel like you're on comey island <laughs> yeah you're locked up Reeve yeah. asylum i never i don't think i've even heard of this no it's really good it's, it's it's well done. I, I just liked it because I, I don't think there's going to be probably so many movies in the next few decades about Trump. But this was the first one I've seen. Well, it's not a movie; it's a show. But like a, uh, an actor playing him as a character. And That's like, a good point because yeah, everyone that plays you know like um, James Adomian. Yeah, like he's gr- he's great. But that's who it is, right? The guy who plays Trump on Comedy Central, like the Comedy Central show, or maybe he no, that's Bernie. actually. He played he Bernie, Bernie. Anthony Tamanek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Trump. it's great, but it's it's a joke. It's, it's a joke. Same yeah. with Alec Baldwin. Same yeah. with everyone who plays Trump. Yeah. But this guy, like, it was like more dark and like it was almost like a horror horror movie. Uh, yeah, well, it's like I mean, all the craziness aside, psychologically, it's it's just like an insane series of events that created this psyche of a person. Yeah. It's 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 nuts. I mean, there's so many like tragic figures and tragic, and not you know like there's so many tragedy, so many human lives that are tragic, yeah, and destruct like and because of that are destructive. But none of them are president of the most powerful country in the world. <laughs> so that exactly makes it scary. And it just it also just like seeing the reactions to the people in government and people who had to interact with them, them having similar reactions to like us of being like. This guy is nuts. Like literally, the people who had to like go have meetings with him, yeah. people in the FBI or people like in his cabinet, they're like, "This guy is insane." Well, remember when we ran that startup and people like our employees thought we were weird? Yeah, I mean, we love the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, that must have been like what it was to. <laughs> yeah, we were like trying. just giving side eyes and side glances. Yeah, yeah, I recommend it if you like political thrillers or even just like stuff about based on real 
things. This is it's very well done. That was my number five. My number four is another podcast that I'm going to promote. Not as good as Braze Bits, but it is the Mark Maron's interview with Jerry Seinfeld on WTF. It's an awesome interview, great conversation. Um, they covered a lot of different topics, but it was I enjoyed it the most because they both they they both kind of held their ground on their both of their philosophies on comedy. Mark Maron believes that like the best comedians uh, reveal themselves, like their true, their most inner thoughts and their soul through comedy, and like the most they're, they're vulnerable on stage, and that's how they make people laugh. And Seinfeld is like the opposite; he doesn't show anybody who he is, and just cares about the laugh. Um, and they were both like very stubborn about it and made good points. Just a great conversation overall. They talked about Gary Shandling, yeah, and just like it was, it was cool to hear someone actually push back against Jerry Seinfeld. Like, I feel like everyone kisses his feet, and Mark Maron like didn't really care who he was. Didn't you can tell? And he's talked about it before. Maron doesn't think Seinfeld's that great of a comedian, and he kind of didn't hold back on him. He didn't hold back. He butchered me. <laughs> I'm not talking about my feelings. I'm not gonna do it. That's but he did it. <laughs> Every day, he said. Um, yeah, I didn't even know that that happened. It was during the summertime, I believe. So now it's probably is it behind probably behind the paywall. You can find it, it on like YouTube. First, I'm not doing that. You got to respect the content. I, I think it's I think we're be getting that. paid. Our, our advertisers don't respect our content. Right. We can't be the same thing. Got to get the clicks. Yeah, he was. He, Seinfeld was going around promoting his book. So I think it was late uh, summer. Got it. I, yeah, and I somehow missed that entirely. I wish. I, I think you like that. I would really like it. I agree. That's a really interesting debate. I think I agree. I mean, I agree with both in a way. I think more so with Seinfeld because I think, I think, maybe people who reveal them. But there's so many people who reveal themselves like that. But it's just like they're not funny. Right. And so I think that's, that's what your, Marin. If that's your approach, then right. like. I don't know, like Marin. I don't know. He's he's not bad at comedy, but like, if you're not focused on the laughs, then what what are you doing? It's just different. I, I love Mark Marin. I think he's hilarious, but he's he's not getting laughs every fifteen seconds. But I, I still find it very fascinating how deep and real he is. But I I like both. I like silly and I like uh, vulnerable and emotional. Yeah, I think I think it's a, a little bit of both. Is the Mambo number five. A little bit of Monica, right. no, Mambo, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of Lisa. But I do think that uh, it is more difficult to be funny and vulnerable on stage. And I think it's like the people that are able to do both, I think, are kind of playing on a different playing field. I think they're playing on the same playing field. I think they're just better. Wouldn't it be a, a better playing field if one's better? No, they're just. I mean, they're on the same stage. They're just better. Gotcha. Like if they're playing just... on a different playing field, then they would be like. Like one comedian would be on a stage and the other one would be on like a like a rock star. I guess like Kevin Hart's like that. He like shoots out of the sky like yeah. an Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the longer, the more I would, if 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 we can, if we're able to do stand up again, I feel like the more I do it, the more I'm able to access getting vulnerable. And like th- th- my first few years, and mo- the majority of my jokes are more silly, but I prefer the ones that are more real. Yeah, I don't. The more I do stand up, I'm just. I think I just uh, have more disdain for humanity. You got some vulnerable jokes. You got 
The most emotional joke I know of yours is the Tostino's pizza rolls. <laughs> yeah, I think I I stopped doing that. I think I, I think I'm done with it. I love definitely that. done with it. I think I'm gonna. I I don't know if I'm gonna keep any of my jokes when things go back. You gonna gonna start fresh? Yeah. That'd be impressive. Yeah. All right. So that was your number four. Yep. My number three is a French TV show called Enclenage, and it means like gears or spiral and it's really good i would recommend anyone i liked watching it because it helped me learn french but it's on jeff bezos's uh world platform and it's what is it world platform yeah you know how there's like the globe and he owns most of it it's on bezos, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. bezos.com gotcha. and um it's a show about the you might, it's like kind of, I haven't watched The West Wing. I mean, it's not like, it's like, it's like, I feel like it's a combination of like The Wire and like a, like CBS cop show, hmm. if that makes any sense. It's about, it's, it's set in Paris and it's about the Paris police, but also the like judiciary and the legal system and lawyers. And each, uh, each, each season centers around like a main crime and then kind of like little subplots within them. And it, it kind of, you know, it's about uh, upholding the law. It's about kind of people in power, abusing power and breaking the law. Um, it's about kind of, you know, what's the moral way to go through fairness. Um, it's it's really interesting, and I think it's really well done. The characters are great, and I would recommend anyone watch it. Several oui, oui. seasons. It's obviously, you can watch it with captions. Yeah, you actually have to watch it with captions, which is super annoying because I wanted to watch it without captions. Right. But yeah, sounds fascinating. Yeah, I would really recommend that it. it's 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 great. Very nice. Yeah, so that's my number three. My number two, it's kind of cheating. It's two different things, uh, both from Dave Chappelle. So ah. the first, he's posted. He got an Instagram, I guess, this year, but he's posted two things that I think have gotten like like 20 million you know more than that um the first was i mean we've talked we talked about this on the pod when it came out you wouldn't say it was stand-up but it was stand-up kind of in you know his shows he's doing in ohio basically about uh george floyd's murder and you know his reaction and the protests and just kind of it was two weeks i think after it all happened and kind of just just talking about it and kind of like uh, talking it out. And we talked about it when it came out, but super powerful and measured is not the right word. Cause it's, you know, it's very emotional, but just kind of, you know, the magic he creates on stage kind of channeled that and, and, you know, talked about social, this, you know, major, major, major social, social issue, you know, definitely affected me in a, a strong way. So that, and then, I don't know if you saw this, this was like a few weeks ago, but he posted about uh, Chappelle's show, What it, it came on Netflix, and then HBO, was it HBO Max also? Yep. And he just basically tells the story, he, he didn't get paid for any of it, like being on any of these channels, even though, you know, there's I'm sure there's millions and millions of dollars exchanging hands, and he kind of tells a story about why when he signed, like it was all legal, why when he signed the contract he like gave that right away because you know he needed money and wasn't the success he is now it was just kind of about the entertainment industry and how power within the entertainment industry works and 
it, I mean, it's stuff that, you know, as the place we are in the industry, you know, we're, we're, uh, low men on the totem pole, but it's like, you see how we, I, I've seen stuff like versions of this, much smaller versions of this happen. And it's not just in entertainment, it's in life, but you know, it just kind of, he really explained in a engaging, entertaining and powerful way about how crazy all this stuff is. And I thought it was really well done. And then he's taking his position of power now and basically affect like he's he's kind of bullying the industry in the way the industry bullied him which i thought is like kind of just such a great power turn unbelievable i th- those are both on the brink of being on my list the, the way he told the story about uh getting netflix to uh take off Chappelle shows just the way he like the metaphors it's, he used yeah it's, it's unbelievable it's the best story like it's, i've ever heard just the, like the way he, he set it up and like and it worked also. Like he was able, to, he was able to get HBO Max to take it off as well, and shows the power dynamics and just yeah, the craziness. But just the way he told the story alone was insane. So good. Yeah, talking about playing on a different field. That <laughs> to me, the... I mean, you're talking about like like Seinfeld and Marin, and yeah. like what Chappelle's doing there is theoretically stand up, but it, it reminds me most of, of George Carlin because George Carlin was oh like, yeah have it he'd do like his last special had like five jokes in it right the jokes are just like societal truths but they're also very powerful like that to me is is the the highest level of whatever stand-up is thousand percent but i I would argue that chappelle is being very vulnerable doing that i think yeah he's he's being extremely like because the beginning of it he's talks about what was the comparison he used about his, his grandpa told him like you should always get paid for your work or so something. So it was, um, well, he told a story about, was it like cards or or, or something in Greenwich Village? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. Like a card game about getting had. scammed. Yeah yeah. Never separate a man yeah, from, from his money. His, from his meal. Yeah. Yeah, for his money. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. That was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my number two and my number one. I really like any of these like top five could have been my number one, but. It is a book that came out, I think, last year called Where the Crawdads Sing. And I mentioned it at one point in the pod because they say the title of the book like three different times in the book. And I love that. <laughs> you know, they're like down there. That's what really pushed it over the, the edge craw- for you. No, but it was it's a novel about this girl in North Carolina who like gets abandoned. I think it's it might be like the perfect novel. It's it's engaging the characters are all multifaceted and really interesting it's a unique story it's a lot about this north carolina like nature like the swamp in north carolina and the way uh the author delia i want to see delia owens is her name um the way she writes about it she's like a nature writer or like a technical scientific writer and this was her first novel and she just like is so expert like it's just so expertly written about the ecology that it like makes you want to learn more about it so it's an educational and informational in that way but it, it's it all is in service of this like really interesting story and i you know i i read it in like a day or two days and it was just the perfect it was like a merger of i think just like what uh, good art is really at the end of the day and it was Love mega that. popular i think it, it's it's one of the most popular books of the past few years the author, author you said was delia owens or no deal <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. What was the name of the book again? Where the Crawdads Sing. Love that. Yeah. Old Crawdad. Hook a dook. My number three is uh, from the the NPR Tiny Desk series, Dua Lipa. It was from a few weeks ago. She did a a, a Tiny Desk like music, fifteen minute like small little concert. And I'm a big Dua Lipa fan. I love a big crush on her. I love her music. Dua Lipa is just the name Dua Lipa. I love. Uh, and this Tiny Desk concert, it just like it just it's it's like the it's like been my biggest pick me up during the whole quarantine. Whenever I need to feel better or I want to just vibe out, I throw on the this NPR Tiny Desk. It's got my favorite song from her last album on it. Uh, it's called Pretty Please. She's got these backup singers that are unbelievable. They're all vibing. She's got two guitarists. It, just, it made me miss like live music. Uh, it just it's my favorite. Probably my favorite piece of music content from the whole year. Dua Lipa's NPR Tiny Desk. Very well done. I like the Tiny Desk stuff. I don't like follow it, but every now and then I'll watch it. I guess the most famous one is T-Pain's. Yeah. People know, you know, new T-Pain is like this auto-tuned singer, and people thought that he couldn't sing, and then he's clearly a great singer. Didn't he win the Masked Singer? Did he? I'm not sure. I think he he won. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't know they had actual good singers on there. I think that's the whole point. It's like people who are good singers and they're wearing masks they they started wearing masks before it was cool right that's funny I, th- this was not a traditional tiny desk that i love the tiny desk series like overall medium sized desk yeah there's no desk at all this is like on an actual like set and it was just it was very the visuals are amazing great colors but the npr tiny desk series is unbelievable mac miller has an insane one with the band behind him i believe actually the notes spoilers because if anyone can find figure it out but the person who did our Braze Bits theme song has been on a t- NPR Tiny Desk as well. She's playing a, an instrument. Dylan Palladino? Yeah, DP. The model yeah. from The Model in the Mench. Yeah. From We're All Psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah, Dua Lipa, just, I love her. My number two, probably on, on like most people's lists that have seen it from the, from this past year, it's the the Last Dance documentary, the documentary on ESPN from about the Bulls. Michael Jordan talked about. It. Everyone knows about it. I just I loved it. It was probably the one thing when it was on. I was like looking forward to it every Sunday. It was like not not many shows now, or not really any shows that I'm like I can't wait to watch the next episode and it's not available. This was like must see TV for me. It inspired me to start my ball boy TikTok, seeing all the behind the scenes footage of uh in the locker rooms and stuff like reminded me all the different memories i had as a ball boy just it's so so, like that was a great inspiration and also just i loved watching i've rewatched a few times it was very revealing to me i didn't realize how much of an asshole michael jordan was and just like um how his assholeness kind of made him that great and made me like realize like like some people that are that great you don't know the other side of them and also, like, how he lost all of his privacy and freedom being that famous and on top of that kind of uh, sport, on top of basketball, being the best. It was it was amazing. By the last dance, do you mean last comic standing? Yes. That's exactly what I mean. My favorite show of all time. Phil Jackson knows it. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, Phil, I mean, Phil Jackson. It all kind of makes sense. Zen master. Yeah. Comes full circle. Coaching the last dance, but really wanting to be the last comic standing. Exactly. Exactly. They're pretty much the same thing. 
both very like just people at the top of their games i was at, when we were at um i guess christmas uh i had mentioned phil jackson to kate and my brother-in-law's girlfriend was like wait you know phil jackson <laughs> and i was like yeah he actually lives pretty close by we were pretty close to his apartment wait actually the real the, the zen master phil jackson from the pod <laughs> i'm so confused i spend christmas very close to, i don't it's very close to phil jackson's apartment how do you know where he lives he said it and i know from context clues <laughs> he right. also said the neighborhood he lives in and right i said oh i this place and then he said oh yeah that place and then you also went to arturo's true this is very true yeah a lot of context clues i thought phil jackson lived in wyoming but you know better than i no he lives in manhattan <laughs> <laughs> there's a great famous picture when phil jackson was the president of the knicks of him on a bus he looks just so huge it's, it's it's great google it bing it my number one piece of content from 2020 is the show dave on hulu the little dicky tv show uh just hilarious relatable i love little dicky i've seen i kind of followed him pretty much his whole career since his first couple of viral videos i loved it the most just because like if, if i was able to relate to him pursuing a musical a rap career and a lot of the show is him like telling his family and friends about it and their like reactions of looking at him like he's crazy and i feel like he's kind of like a modern day larry david very funny very self-deprecating very neurotic and uh i like how hip-hop is involved with that and a lot of great guest appearances overall definitely my number one show yeah i've heard it's really good and part of me is like i should watch it but i probably won't yeah it's it's an easy watch it's definitely not like impactful or move i would say it's a little moving especially the last couple episodes it's on hulu right it is yeah i can watch it because hulu has ads even though i think we talked about this and we talked about it on our patreon episode about a, yeah but for some reason i don't remember there being ads when there's I'm watching. ads and even though you pay for it and then also like the episodes like skip to my loo it's it's terrible yeah this is this is worth it dave dave is fantastic and i think there's a season two coming out i think that they have to somehow film it during the pandemic but they got it renewed oh it's also on fx oh that's what it's on or is fx hulu are they the same thing now i think they're the same thing but if you could find it on fx you can watch it there all right yeah that's my numero uno happy new year Happy New Year. This list really stressed me out. I went through so many versions. There's, I've got 20 other things that I wanted to put on here. But overall, solid list. There's a bunch, There's so many different things that I could have put on here. The fact that I have Dua Lipa as my number three is kind of weird. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, time will tell if it was a good top nine. Brazerbacks might be like, this was the worst episode you've ever done. But it seemed like a nice way to, to close the year. We yeah, thought about so. doing our favorite Brazebits moments, but that seemed pretty self-indulgent. So instead of us doing our favorite Brazebits moments, we had... We had our predictors let us know, remain, their favorite moments from the Brazebits pot kitchen from the past year. That's right. And Phil Jackson and Kate both came in very hot with some great highlights and recaps. I could go first if you want. Sure. Phil Jackson as always, writes his novel. 
Phil Jackson. Do I need a tissue box for this? I don't know. Do I need a towel? Because you're going to be sweaty? Because it might be in fuego? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in fuego. You better alert everyone in the vicinity. Oh, I can't wait. It may seem like the internet is rushing to the one one twenty one mark as fast as possible, but I personally believe reflecting on 2020 can do us all a little good. While our chefs drive recklessly down Hilarity Highway, <laughs> I've been tasked with putting the triangle to use to use this week, recapping my favorite braised moments. Similar to braising a nice short rib, some of these moments have really simmered into beautiful bits I'm delighted to serve back out to the brazerbacks. Cheers to the chefs, listeners, and sponsors for opening up their minds, bodies, and souls to the deliciousness this year. Without further ado, here are my favorite moments of the season. Tic Tacs and Snacks, classic. <laughs> Tic Tacs are indeed snacks. You, Phil didn't say that. That's, you, that's your side note, he right? He said Tic Tacs as snacks. But then you said Tic Tacs are snacks. I don't know. The return of Back Molberg and all that was and still is whack. Ooh. We, Ooh. Haven't, we haven't had much back whack, you know, content. So I guess that's on whack. <laughs> yeah, guys, stop listening. I do know he's a he's a Patreon subscriber though. So <laughs> true. We'll take that. Uh, landmark controversy of which caused my foe predictor Kate to almost quit. Yeah, unbelievable. That was a huge episode. I think that was my favorite episode of the year. The landmark episode. Our most, our most controversial for sure. I don't remember the name. It'd be helpful if we knew the names of the episodes. <laughs> We're just <laughs> like Epidan Epi Soder, and we just don't know. <laughs> Carmine's and its obvious dominance for our boy Jesse. Love it. Can't I know, get enough. It's sad that it's closed. Um, what? What? It's closed. Not for good. I don't know. The one time square is closed. Forever? I don't know. What are you, do what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, you do that? There's no way. Maybe it's closed for closed for COVID. It's coming back. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> keep it moving. You can't you can't you can't rock my world like that. You can't do it. The braised bits open and the legend of Bagel Lance. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Bagel Lance. <laughs> that was one of the best weekend. One of the best days of the the whole the whole year for sure. Yeah. The Braves bits open. What a what a time meeting Mr. October. You showing up in a torn polo with a bagel raised a plain bagel uncut raised above your head. Yeah, the legend of bagel ants. Playing for a top nine, that legendary uh, yeah. par three. I think we should do another one in the spring. We'll see. We got to. Uh, Jesse's reaction to my first beach prediction. I think that's probably just when you went nuts. Unbelievable. He knew my body so well. Then he says, to be continued, my message got capped by Insta. Then, <laughs> Phil Jackson wow. started... <laughs> Insta was like, Phil, wrap it up, bro. Then, Phil Jackson started a video chat. Then, video chat ended. <laughs> Jesse and... <laughs> wow, Phil got so riled up, he's mashing buttons. Jesse and his penchant for smelling elderly women and infants... I'm, not, I'm smelling grandmas. They're not just elderly women. I'm smelling babies, not infants. The fridge versus Count Spatula. Nice. Love that. Count Spatula would like that. Count Spatula is thinking about starting a TikTok, actually. Should. Fl know. Flip it on. I, I, I Spatula doesn't listen to me, so. Uh, Ray Donovan and The Last <laughs> Comic Standing. <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. Jesse's unfortunate QAB 
QABs like shampoo in the eye <laughs> or shit on the phone. I don't remember that one. What was that? Shit on the phone? Yeah. What is shit on the phone? I have no idea. I don't know. Brett Raybould's contributions and his guest episode being my first lesson. Thousand percent. Raybould is our best guest. Then he says, bonus, the last episode where I picked every single one of Jesse's favorite Jewish foods. Support the Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That was very thorough. Very well done. Then he says, wishing all the Brazerbacks a very happy new year. Brazon, Philip Roth Jackson. (laughs) Video chat was by accident. LOL. (laughs) Phil Jackson does not leave a stone unturned. He knows to jam the button. He calls it out, but he finishes off his list. That was emotional. Unbelievable. He doesn't mince words. Kind of reminds me of Philip Roth. I'm a big fan of minced garlic, and I love people who don't mince their words. Unbelievable. Emotional. And I also got emotional when I received Kate's best top moments. of A rousing rendition as well. Kate says, This year has been so weird, but I've loved having braised bits to listen to each week and make predictions for it was a fun and entertaining constant in a year of insanity. Here are some favorite moments. Jesse's reaction to Phil's picks general, generally, but especially the bar mitzvah one. I was in line to get a COVID test and laughing out loud to Jesse screaming en fuego. <laughs> <laughs> Stonehenge. I would love to someone ask her, what are you laughing at? Uh, this food podcast. Phil, you know Phil kind of, Jackson? Yeah. He lives in he, he predicts this guy's top nine and this other guy's screaming <laughs> reacting to it. Someone asked me to explain Braze Bits. And I was... I mean, usually I just say we cook bits in the pod kitchen. But <laughs> they were like, what does that mean? And I was like, you know, like <laughs> you when don't... you talk with your high school friends and you're like, I'm taking the bus or I'm taking Jerome Bettis. I was like, that's the whole podcast. <laughs> you gotta just respond with bits. And if they get it, then they're a Braze back. Exactly. If they don't, then they're not gonna get it. Yeah. Then she goes, the Stonehenge Gate and all of Lance's crazy landmark picks. I was almost forced to quit over it, but it was pretty funny. That was was a landmark episode. Being a guest on the pod to talk about our top nine dips at the beginning of the quarantine. It feels like forever ago. It feels like it was so long ago. Yeah, it does. Also, shout out. I don't think I've ever talked about this, but before we started recording that episode, we we went on Skype, and I said, uh, hi, Katie. And I don't, I don't think Kate goes by Katie. No, she hates and I, It really shook me. I, for some reason, I was actually texting another, a, a friend of mine whose name is Katie. And I like just said, like, hi, Katie. And then I never corrected myself throughout the episode. Like I meant Kate. Yeah. And that's just something I've held on to from that episode. I don't remember that, but I love that you're bringing it up. I wonder if Kate does. Because I just felt so does. awkward. Yeah. I was like, hi, Katie. And you're not going to correct me being like, no, it's Kate. But I knew I was wrong the second I said it. <laughs> Um, the grilled cheese tomato soup debate I have to side with Jesse on this one bingo bingo <laughs> Lance is silent on that one I the think I'm pe- silent on that one I think that was actually 2019 but I'm not gonna <laughs> I, I was gonna hold on to it but I, I'm pretty sure it was 2019 wow there it is a little uh, marital <laughs> conflicts the great pina colada versus water debate gotta side with Lance on this one Pete versus water. Uh, the ads, especially Uber Pete, always made me LOL. And finally, Count Spatula and the new Patreon-only guest, Vanessa. 
Yeah, Patreon only gets Vanessa. It's great. Fantastic. Great. Both great characters in the pot kitchen. Emotional. When I read that, it really uh, it moved me. We have, we've had a lot of great moments this past year in the kitchen. This is true. Yeah. I think one of them that wasn't mentioned that I really liked was... I loved uh, Brett Rabel's first episode. The second one was trash, and we just had him on <laughs> to be nice. But the, the first one... I, I'm like really sad that the virus happened because I mean we've tried having guests on in the virtual format but it really just doesn't work and it it like I think it's just a whole avenue like an avenue for the pod to explore that we haven't been able to I know it's it, really only really only able to do it well in person because we can like both we could dominate riff the room. off each other yeah. and then yeah. the tension in the room. But if yeah. we do it over Skype, it's almost like we're like it's a three person people. it's a three person conversation. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also liked it in that episode too. That was just great. But uh, besides that, we had the uh, the review contest. Right. The Brisbane right. Bits review contest. Leave a review if you haven't. But. I mean, we both thought that Maddie Schneck's review was was the clear winner, but Seidel decided it was not, and the controversy was uh, was immense. It's extremely immense. That was Seidel trying to be controversial. Maddie Schneck had the best review of all time. Black Goldberg called me a shoulderless lesbian, and that made <laughs> that didn't make Seidel run out of the room listening to classical music then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good year, and we'll have a, another good year this next year. Hopefully this virus will be over and we'll be able to, you know, we got some good things cooking. I hope so. Yeah. I've just, we've been in the virtual pod kitchen for so long. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, we have a question this week. Let's and do it. I initially was going to not reveal this person's name, but they, then they said, actually reveal this person's name. So I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to to the top Razorback who sent this in. This is a question slash QAB from Mr. October. You also have not read this because he texted this to me and I didn't. Yeah, no idea. Through. He says, "I hope this you know." He sent like an intro. I hope this makes a cut. Um, Mrs. October and I received the Mr. and Mrs. October got engaged recently, within the past few months. Uh, Mrs. October and I received a gift package a week or so ago from her very close family friends. She calls her aunt and the kids are all close. It was addressed to both of us and seemed like a dual Xmas slash engagement gift based on the timing and what was written in the gift message that comes with delivery. The gift is from Tiffany and co and is a set of crystal candlestick holders. Now I'm going to apply the standard disclaimers at this point. Yes. At the end of the day, I am thankful for any gift, the sentiment, and the gesture is what counts. This is clearly a nice gift, and it is awfully nice of her to congratulate us. But a candlestick? Mrs. October liked it and thought it was very nice and fancy. But in my head, I'm thinking, this is no gift for me. It's for her. So don't put my name in there. <laughs> or do you want me included? Do you want me included? Get a gift. Or if you want me included, get a gift that isn't so obviously for one of the two people involved. Is this QAB? Am I cynical and mean? I mean... When will I use or care about a fucking candlestick? <laughs> Give me the equivalent in cash instead. Also, I don't want no Beauty and the Beast Lumiere in my apartment. Please advise chefs and feel free to soften the language and use code names if you feel, feel appropriate. Then he said, actually, let's hear it all, Mr. October coming in hot. 
I mean, and then he says, I mean, this is like if someone sent a gift address to me and her and it was a five iron. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> I, I, I met Mr. October. I can't picture him getting that riled up. He, he got very, he came in hot with that uh, response. I agree partially that that's a weird gift. Like it doesn't seem like enough to, as a gift, unless it's like a very I'm expensive. Sure sounds, like, yeah. I think Tiffany, I mean, I'm sure it's very expensive. It's a candle. Yeah. It's the it's the actual candlestick, or is it also the holder? Like it is like a, like a candlestick, park. Right. It'd be interesting if it if it's like a, a holder, like a nice holder that you can also keep putting new candles into. That a would make sense. Set of crystal candlestick holders. Got it. Got it. Okay. So th- that's nice. I I mean we've talked about it. I don't know if Mr. October's heard, but we're we're both pro candle people. Yeah. I, I'm, not I, a I'm a big candle. Person. I'm not a candlestick person though. You getting sticks? I'm not. I'm not getting sticks, but but I'm not anti-stick. I'm gonna stick with the normal candles and not the candlesticks. So this is this is my take. It's this is just the um, this is the problem with like these types of engagement gifts. People get you ridiculous things that cost a lot of money. So it's like this person spent a fair amount of money on this, and it's nice. And you can't be like you you can't you can't really be mad, but it's just like a weird spending of money. I mean, right. if Mrs. October really likes it, that's great. Right. But yeah, it isn't. I mean, but these gifts are never for both people. Like, right. we got this really nice vase um, that I think was like a lot of money. And it's nice, but like, it's not for me. We've gotten like, we got all these champagne bottles that are nice, but it's like, it's just a weird spend. I mean, my whole issue with weddings is like, there's just a lot of weird spendings of money that don't seem useful except for the companies who have somehow figured out how to ridiculously profit off of it. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's not, it's like not a thoughtful gift. It's a gift that it's like, these people got engaged. This is nice. This is a nice thing. And it could be, I mean, it could be if Mrs. October, if that's like a, it, it's like a type of gift that like an adult would have in their house. And they're like, Oh, this is a nice thing. Right. It's, it's like, they were thinking about getting them something for their home, for them, for yeah, for both of them. But but I understand though, my Mister October doesn't like it. Like it's it's not the, the sticks part. I, I'm not. We're not. I feel like that's more of like for grandparents and for people of a different generation. A little bit. If you have candlesticks going, if you have like a fancy dinner and you got sticks going, drumsticks, rock paper sticks, <laughs> sticks <laughs> and stones, sticks and stones, they break my bones. Yeah, it's um, it's just yeah. There's there's no right thing. You can't be mad about it. But it's 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 it's, it's just Mr. Whole, October's whole, mad. He's fired up. Yeah. But hopefully, this him sending us this question is, is therapeutic. I think, it, for I think him. it's therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? You don't seem to have many thoughts. I I, I rarely <laughs> have thoughts. My brain rarely works. I I I'm not a, that opposed to it. I think it's an it's there's not that many things that you can get that are gonna make both both people happy. I'm pro candle. I'm not yeah. necessarily pro stick. I think it really depends on what like people think about as gifts. Like it's almost so much it's a gift of like these people got engaged, so I'm going to commemorate the importance of it almost for for me. And it's yeah. not really taking into account what the engaged couple might want. Right. So if if you're going to get a gift, like I don't think there's an expectation that a gift is needed. So I think the crazy part is like you're going to go out of your way and spend like a fair amount of money 
on this crazy thing, why wouldn't you put it to better use? Right. I think it's more I frustration on just how crazy the this the ritual of getting those yeah gifts. The, the ritual is yeah it, it is ridiculous and I I hundred yeah. percent agree with that. I guess it just it'd be nice if you're having like a dinner party, if you're having people over, and you want to make like it a is nice, nice table. And it, yeah, it's a genuinely nice. It could be like who knows? In ten years, Mister October could be like, actually, this was a good gift. Right. We don't. Yeah. Know. We'll see. We'll it's see. a good question. It's a good one. See, it is a good one. There's a lot of layers to it. It's like a candle lasagna. lasagna. Exactly. Christmas Eve. Well, that was a Patreon yeah, you highlight. Yeah, yeah, you can hear about lasagna unless you subscribe to Patreon. Bingo. Got a QAB to close this bad boy up? I got a QAB. Um, like I said earlier, I, I went to take my, my car to get an oil change. Went to this place that I found in Long Island City. It's got pretty good reviews online. Um, Bear Burger? For an oil change? Yeah. No. Yeah. Why, why would it be a Bear Burger? There's one in Long Island City, so I, <laughs> I said the thing I knew. I, I, I just keep trying to think like Bear Burger uses organic oil, maybe lube. I don't know. Lubega. Lube. There it is. There, there it is. Um, the QAB is basically the other places that I've I've gone for oil changes in New Jersey, where you stay in the car and they do it right, right, kind of in front of you. They they work around you. You don't have to get out of the car. This place, you get out of the car, and you they they points you to go into this side room and in this room it's got some chairs it's got some magazines it's almost like a doctor's waiting room and then on the walls there's like eight tvs that are pointed at your cars you're able to see your car it's almost like a baby monitor and they pop open the hood and it's in theory i sit down I'm like oh great I'm, i can see kind of where they're at i can see like they're working on my car 25 minutes goes by i see them pop open my lid i'm just staring at my car no one's no one's working on it the most excruciating i mean after 20 minutes they got it going and uh figured it out and changed my oil and a bunch of other things that had to happen unfortunately but i'm staring at this screen for 20 minutes it was insane i was like why it was like torture i'm i didn't know if they like took a picture of my car and just like it's it's a fake screen <laughs> and they're like they actually like it's like a they, they stole my car and they're selling it i was just staring at this it's almost how you stare at a map on a plane i'm staring at my my car not being worked on i feel i feel like a sucker yeah that is that, that is qab for sure and they didn't tell you i'm guessing that like if they were like it might be a little while no it would have been better if i Overall, I was there for a little under an hour. It would have, I would have been fine going to that room without the TVs. I would have been on my phone. I would have preoccupied myself. Yeah. But I, I saw my car. I'm like, oh, nice. And then nothing was happening for 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's like the definition of just like giving you the finger. They <laughs> yeah. could care. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really bold, to be honest. You're not going to, I'm guessing you're not going to go back there. Or maybe you have to because there's another game in town. There's a bunch of other games in town. I'll, I'll have to research. Like it, 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 it made me. Yeah, I probably would prefer not to go back there. But they did a good job overall. You could go was, to uh, Bear Burger. Oh, they do oil changes. No, you get burgers and fries. 
Works for me. But they come separate, actually. So, like, you have to order a burger, and then you have to order... Like, the burger doesn't come with right. fries. I do love... I, I love Bray Burger. Expensive, hate, but a good quality. I hate the fact that burgers... A burger place that it doesn't come with fries. It's, it's the new thing. They got, they they make these expensive burgers, and if you want fries, it's a side it's dish. The new thing is that all, new. no restaurants are going to exist because they're set up to fail by... The, this is the true. government. I was looking into uh, the barstool fund that you were talking about. It made me kind of sad because it's like it's it's a very impressive what they're doing, but it's like this is what has to happen for small businesses to exist. It's it's crazy. It shouldn't be like that. It's it's insane. They, I think they've raised over eight uh, around eight million dollars. I, I looked. Yeah, I was looking today, and it, yeah, it was like over eight million dollars. And the sick part of it, and this isn't just the cynical part of me, is that I know that. They kind of did this for the promotion. I know. I know. Like they, I'm sure they want to. Well, it doesn't uh, matter. I mean, well, that's a side benefit. Doesn't matter why they do it, obviously. But it's like, yeah. I mean, they're they're you know, I've been a controversial place, but like the fact it doesn't like the fact that whatever past of anything that it has to be Dave Portnoy instead of the federal or state governments that 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 says something. It's just a little sick when like they're he's making videos. Of them like telling these owners about it and that everyone's crying like yeah well but it's that's, amazing yeah but, but that's how, do- yeah I don't know I don't mind it at all because it's like if no one else is gonna do it like someone it's great that someone's doing it yeah yeah but I know what you're saying everything is not as great as it seems so right. as long as there's money for businesses to survive to me that's 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 huge agreed. My QAB is Kate and I went to Trader Joe's on Christmas Eve. I think it, was, it must have been Christmas Eve. And we were getting stuff for... No, it's the 23rd. It's the 23rd. And we were getting stuff for the next day, for dinner the next day, some stuff. And Trader Joe's has senior hours from 8 to 9 because of COVID. They have, you know, if you're old then you could go from 8 to 9 and young people can't go. However, they put on Twitter that senior because of like the rush for the holidays, the senior hours were would be waived from like December 23rd to December 28th or something like that. And so we get there at like 8:40 and we're about we're going in and there's a guy kind of it's like going in the entrance and the guy says like you can't go in at senior hours. And Kate's kind of like ahead of me a little bit. And she's like, oh, well, it says on your Twitter that they're, you know, senior hours are waived today. And the guy was like, no, it doesn't say, you, you know, how people are just like talk down. Uh. And I thought he there was a little bit of like talking down because, you know, a man, woman thing. You know how some sure. men talk down to it. I don't know if he was definitely doing that, but it seemed to me like that. And there was no way that we could like argue we were flustered in the moment i didn't see it so i didn't know where it was so i was just like "Eh, no worries and then we left and we ended up like going around the corner and getting some other stuff that we needed to go and she was upset and i think like rightly so and we did need to go back so we were just like waiting for a bit and i made it a point i found like the message it was from like the trader joe's twitter account so it was like should be every store um, and when we came back at nine, there was like a line and we got to the front and I just like went to him. I was like, Hey, just so you know, this is what it says on your, like, this is what it says. And I showed him the message 
and he was like, "Oh, it should be an like he he apologized, but he didn't apologize type thing." Ugh. And Kate was like, "Don't even bother doing it. Like, tell it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not going to do anything. And it's not going to do anything." But like, I don't know. I felt like I don't like I don't know if this was bad on my part, but I was like, this guy kind of deserves not to be so much put in his place, but like you need to you're dealing with customers all like consumers all day. I understand and like that customer service people are terrible so you almost have to put up like that force field to just like be emotionless right um but there are times when like you're wrong and i thought it was important to let him know that in just like a nice way absolutely especially these 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 big wigs these guys at the front of the lines that they love turning people away i'm sure part of them like that power yeah they're not not coming in yeah yeah that's frustrating yeah it's frustrating especially that you guys were right and that like I know those moments where in the moment you know you're right, but you're like flustered and you don't want to be too angry or be like, what are you talking about? And it's not like the end of the, like at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world, but it's It's very inconvenient. It's inconvenient, but it's just to have that attitude of like, you're wrong is, you know, when, when they're wrong. It's condescending. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think the world is worse off when people are like that and when feel the need to be like that but are also if you're right and you're doing that like i think that's okay because the reality is on your side but we're in this world where we just create whatever realities we want and it's yeah. it's unsustainable and the world's gonna end it's pretty absurd when like if a customer says like you you like the customer says this thing about uh the senior rule being waived that would be a pretty like outlandish thing to make up just to like get into trader joe's i don't know i think people there's so many there's so many people who just do what they want and you've got to have seen it all yeah like i i mean i was at trader joe's this i mean this was like two months ago now probably but this woman basically said that the last time she got strawberries they were spoiled so could she get these for free (laughs) it's like i mean if people are saying that and you're hearing it what else are people saying Especially in Manhattan. There's got to be so many cuckoos. Yeah. So I, I, I get it why that's your default setting. Yeah. But there can't it can't just be that. Yeah. It's tough. You have to be pulled out of that every now and then to remember that you might be wrong. Sure. I actually honestly think like, like the attitude of the police, especially in the city, it's like you literally put up a wall because there's crazy – like they think that everyone – I don't know this, but like – they might think that everyone is like an insane person. Like when you, whenever, you're, whenever so, you're, yeah. yeah, whenever you're in like a customer service situation, you're just hit with so much ridiculousness and like that. That's how, that's how you act, and it, right. it becomes like an us against them type of thing. So in Trader right. Joe's, it's like the Trader Joe's employees. They they do a gen, they do a great job usually, but this is like not fair to Trader Joe's necessarily. But in this case, it's like the Trader Joe's employees versus the customers. Yeah, and it's like these dynamics creating us against them situation where it's unfortunate, but I get why it exists, but I think we should try to little by little all try to be on the same team. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. If you say something and I follow it, let's all respect it. But if you say something, I'll follow it and I'll respect it. So I'm going to say grilled cheese and tomato soup are the best combination. Follow the rules and not watch whatever that thing is on YouTube. I'm watching boop the ball at time. Old boop boop. Yeah. Whatever the thing you said was, oh, the Mark Maron podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Also Rick Glassman. Yeah, but that oh, one is like free on YouTube, right? Yes. Does Mark Maron put his stuff on YouTube? Doesn't he have like a paywall if like you don't listen to like a certain amount? It's like he has like 
the most 20 recent episodes and something like that yeah so that's what i was referring to right right i get it i get it that's a good qab it's frustrating yeah should we bring in let's bring in the highlights a one (laughs) a two a one two three Come on, man. Nice. Okay. Right on. There we go. Great rendition. If anyone wants to make a musical closing of the Braze Bits episode song, send it in. You got anything to plug, promote? I do if you want to get the next Big Apple box. The order is closed January 8th. There's some good stuff in it. I'm not going to tell anyone, but I think it's our best one yet. And yeah, and then Braze Bits, check out all our stuff. Subscribe to our Patreon. Leave a review. Romaine, let us know what you think, what we should be doing in the new year. What you like, what you don't like, what you love. I echo Unlimited all of that. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help us out. And if you enjoy what you, you're listening to, maybe throw us a couple shekels and be a Patreon member. We got some great stuff. Off-menu episodes, Sadrina Sabonis, Dantres, Dante, Nero episodes. They're fantastic. Yeah, and there's actually some viewpoints that I have in this pod I don't have on the Patreon. It's kind of like a shekel and hide situation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to hide away from that. You guys should definitely not hide from our Patreon. Carlos had yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Peace. Happy New Year. Happy birthday to me, Padre. Peace. 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 Wow, we, had, we had, I think we ended on the big delay. Yeah. yeah. Peace. 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 Peace.